Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo, and it is Saturday, December 9th, and we are here to chat about NXT Deadline. And it was the last and final premium live event for WWE this year. So the next pay-per-view that we're going to be here talking about is not going to be until the Royal Rumble, which is kind of crazy to even think that, by the way. Uh, I know we got a couple of some special edition NXTs like New Year's Evil and stuff like that coming up. But uh, for the most part, uh, this was the last PLE of 2023. And it was a pretty fun one, I would say. Um, there were some things that I really loved on today's show. Some other things that I kind of was a little bit split on and I think most of you guys just based on what I saw on the chat already I think I'm kind of feeling similar to a lot of you guys in the chat so we will get into that in just a second but before we get started before we get into everything that went down I do want to go ahead and let you guys know that if you do send in a super chat that is the best way to help promote the show excuse me to help support the show and uh, really just get your questions your comments your statements right here on the stream it helps out me it helps me out a whole lot to be honest uh so let's get to it i'm gonna kick things off with our first super chats of the day and uh this one here is from cameron mumford who says what a way to end the year for nxt a very good show and now the icing on the cake time for the hardest working woman in podcasting to deliver another fun show let's do this i'll tell you guys today has been like an extraordinarily busy freaking day i've been non-stop since like five in the freaking morning today uh so it's been a long day for me but i'm excited to talk about deadline like i said there was a lot of good things i'm gonna go in chronological format for the show because there was just so much that went down and we're gonna want to make sure to cover everything that's for sure ebony prince says i'm so happy for trick williams he will win the title uh this was a big night for trick williams i think that when trick williams won the men's Iron Survivor Challenge. It was really the high point of the night. I don't think there was any other point besides CM Punk's appearance that I would consider the high point of the show. And just focusing solely on NXT talent, Trick Williams getting the win was definitely the peak of the show. Of course, aside from the punk stuff. Heel Hammer says, welcome to the Coastlaw era. Uh, thank you so much, Heel Hammer. And I also want to take a second and shout out Sheldon Jackson for sending 10 DWO memberships. As always, thank you so much to Sheldon uh, for the love for not just for myself, but for everybody here on the channel. So let's go. I'm going to kick things off with CM Punk. So last night on SmackDown, if you guys haven't checked out that post show, make sure to check it out because I think that one God, I think we maybe spent around 30 to 40 minutes or so talking about CM Punk, the promo that he cut last night on SmackDown and the implications of that and where it's going to lead to and what we're going to be seeing once we get down to WrestleMania season. So now we have this follow-up promo that we got here. It wasn't like the same from what we saw in SmackDown, but in that SmackDown promo, he did mention that he had a phone call scheduled with Shawn Michaels. The second he said that, we all knew that he was going to be appearing on NXT. And I literally said this last night. I'm like, guys, I'm pretty sure we're going to get CM Punk on NXT deadline. Like I wasn't too sure, but that made the most sense because I'm thinking, okay, if you're going to have CM punk make an appearance on nxt do you do it on the tuesday show or do you do it right now when you have his 
when you have the last pay-per-view of the year and it's closing off of NXT. It made sense to have CM Punk come out and do his little appearance, have his moment on the NXT brand. And so we got a really hilarious interaction between him and Shawn Michaels. And man, guys, I got to tell you, so... I wasn't home at the start of deadline. I was running late because I had some other things that I was doing and I was driving and I could hear because I put on the peacock and I could hear the peacock on my phone. I was literally like five minutes away, but something told me, don't wait, like make sure you have it playing because something's going to happen. And so I put it on, Shawn Michaels comes out and I'm thinking, Shawn Michaels is probably going to make a really big announcement right now. So I'm driving and I'm listening to what Shawn Michaels is going to say. And then out of nowhere, CM Punk's music hits and I go, there it is. There it freaking is. So I got home. I rushed to my computer and I finished watching the entire segment uh, here at home. So I was a little behind with deadline for like the first couple of minutes. But anyways, so CM Punk comes out there in a Bret Hart hoodie guys in a Bret Hart hoodie and obviously CM Punk is a Bret Hart guy he's always been he's talked about this numerous times uh, uh he's looked up to Bret Hart for forever right and he, there's this really funny interaction where Shawn Michaels tells him that he, his hoodie is nice and CM Punk's like oh man sorry I forgot to bring my HBK merch and Shawn Michaels is like that hurts and CM Punk says nah you guys made up like I made up with Triple H this is all about healing and they hug it out they exchange some words which are unbeknownst to us we don't know what was said between uh CM Punk and Shawn Michaels that's between them and hopefully we'll find out at some point what was said but he basically just teases like oh am I gonna sign with Raw am I gonna sign with Smackdown am I gonna sign with the NXT we all know he's not signing with NXT, guys, but he did them a solid. He appeared on the PLE. It was pretty damn cool, and we had our little moment. And I thought this was awesome because it's like, come on now. How many of us thought that we were going to see CM Punk and Shawn Michaels in the ring together in 2023? I don't think many of us thought that that was even going to be a possibility. So just coming off of how well Things went last night with CM Punk on his SmackDown promo and all of the interactions that he had and everything that he did on last night's show. I kind of felt like this start to NXT was pretty damn cool. It was just a, hey man, he's here. Let's all have a nice little moment. And that was kind of about it. So I thought it was funny. I thought it was cool. So that was the CM Punk bit for today. We got Will Chisholm here who sends in a super chat saying, so I'm guessing. I'm guessing Melissa turning on Trick at the title match. Are you, did you, that, did autocorrect change your thing to uh, Carmelo? <laughs> I think your autocorrect uh, changed your, uh, your thing to Melissa. I was like, who the dang hell is Melissa? What pay-per-view did you watch, my friend? <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Will Chisholm, for the super chat, man. Tim Weiner Jr. says the crowd erupted big time for Trick. So glad I went to the show with my kids. Uh, I saw your tweets, by the way. Thank you so much for letting me know what the crowd reaction was like. Uh, it definitely came through on television, that's for sure. I said earlier that was the peak moment of the show for the NXT talent specifically. And Trick Williams, I think that today was a clear indicator that 2024 is going to be a good year for Trick Williams, man. And if you haven't checked out that interview that I did with him, check it out because you will see just in a simple interview, 
just in a simple little 15 minute interview. This man gave great answers, had personality, had energy throughout the entire interview. And that kind of says a lot, you know, uh, you can tell a lot about a person given how they do media interviews, how they do press conferences and things like that, because part of the it factor, part of the wow factor is capturing audiences and you capture audiences, not just obviously with what you're doing on TV, but when you're doing backstage segments, when you're doing digital exclusive, when you're doing media, because the better you get at that and the better you are at that, then all of a sudden you're going to the big shows, man. You're going to your freaking tonight shows with your all your Jimmy's, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Sure, there's more Jimmy's that I'm forgetting right now. But uh, anyway, so shout out to Trick Williams on on that. And we'll talk more about him in just a second. Uh, we got Don, a.k.a. Smiley Girl, who's a DWO member, says, Hi, Denise. The show is incredible. Great start to finish. Uh, all right. So let's continue on with what happened. Uh, by the way, thank you to everybody who's complimenting my hair today. Uh, I was hoping people would notice, by the way. My friend did this. I cannot do this. I do not have this talent. And my friend did my makeup. I also cannot do this. Uh, and you guys will find out later on why I'm all glammed up. Not today, some other day. Anyways, so I'm not just glammed up for the show, guys, because let's be real. You already seen what I look like in normal hair and makeup. But anyways, let's kick things off with the opening match of the night. And that was the NXT North American Championship match in which Dominic Mysterio defended his title against Dragon Lee. So we had Rey Mysterio on commentary here for this. And I will say, like, this one, it's funny because... I feel like depending on how you look at this match is going to depend on what you think of it. So part of me, when I'm watching, obviously I'm very analytical and I see when mistakes are made. I'm seeing when little errors are made. I'm seeing when things could have been done a different way, right? That just comes with like years and years of watching pro wrestling. You just pick up on that stuff, right? So there was some stuff that maybe was not like a plus, maybe not a 10 out of 10, but with that being said, even though things weren't A plus or 10 out of 10, this was possibly one of Dominic Mysterio's strongest matches. Uh, I really loved the stuff that he did. When was it? That match that he had with Ilya Dragunov not too long ago on NXT. I thought that was great. But this one was a lot of fun too. I thought that him and Dragon Lee really kicked things off at a good pace. Like they were moving at a good speed. And I thought that Dom, like aside from some minor like moments where things didn't look so great, I thought for the most part, he did look good in this match. And when Dragon Lee won... I was kind of, I was excited. I was happy. But going into this match, I really wasn't sure what was going to go down. Because originally, when this was supposed to be Wesley versus Dominic Mysterio, I was definitely expecting Wesley to win the NXT North American Championship. Because I had said this on the NXT post show, that it kind of felt like the time was up for Dominic. It kind of felt like we had gotten everything there was to get out of Dominic Mysterio as NXT North American Champion. And so for that reason I was pretty much expecting for Wesley to come out on top so when unfortunately Wesley announced that he's going to be out and he's going to be getting back surgery and he's going to be gone for a good amount of time it they when they announced that he was being replaced with Dragon Lee I wasn't so sure if he was going to win and I thought okay given that I was expecting for the title to be up Dragon Lee might still win however 
I didn't like how many losses we had been seeing from Dragon Lee, especially one just last night in the tournament with Santos Escobar. And I was like, damn, I don't want to see Dragon Lee lose the night before he is in this championship match at NXT deadline for the North American championship, right? And so I had kind of started to think that maybe it wasn't going to happen coming off of that loss, but they still went that direction. And I think that given... I think it's pretty crystal clear that Wesley was probably supposed to win this title. So it seems that their plans for Dominic Mysterio uh, over on NXT are pretty much coming to an end just based on what we're seeing. But the title with Dragon Lee, he was called up to the main roster in October. And so he's been there. He's been pretty much killing it on SmackDown. Aside from a couple of losses, he's been having some good matches. He recently got involved in this feud with the LWO and Santos Escobar. He's had now two matches with Santos Escobar. And so things were kind of starting to get a little cooking for him. So I wonder what this is going to look like now. Um, seeing him on both rosters, because clearly he's still a SmackDown performer, but now he's an NXT champion. So I'm wondering if this is going to be a quick transition and we're going to see somebody else dethrone Dragon Lee or if we're going to get a good little run here. I have a feeling... He might be a transitional champion just based off of the fact that he is a SmackDown superstar. And clearly, once you get called up, like you want to be doing what you're doing over on the main roster, right? So we'll see. But either way, I'm happy for Dragon Lee. Love the moment that he had with Rey Mysterio and Rey essentially telling him he was doing it for the people. He was doing it for La Raza. So it was really freaking cool to see all of that. All right, we got some super chats. Let's see what you, the people, have to say. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, what I liked about the Iron Survivor match strategies was that they had more experienced wrestlers start or be out there most of the match and the newer ones be out there the least amount of time. So we're going to get into both the Iron Survivor challenges. Uh, I'm going to get into the women's one first, of course, but I will say this right now off the bat, that what I appreciated from both of these Iron Survivor matches was that they told different stories for these. They made them, when you have, when you have both a men's and a women's match on the show with any given theme, right? When we have the War Games matches, when we have the Rumble matches, and in this specific case, the Iron Survivor matches, you have to make it different. Like it has to be different because you don't want to go out there and see a lot of the same things, right? You don't want to see the same stories, none of that. And I thought that they did a really good job at making sure that both matches were equally distinguishable and were exciting in different ways. Like, the women's match I thought was exciting because of some of the spots that they did, but the men's match I thought was exciting because of the finish of the match. And we'll obviously get to that a lot more, but I think that they were both exciting, but just in different types of ways. Tim Weinerger Jr. sends in a super chat saying second best match of the night was Axiom versus Frazier. That's the only match I didn't get to see, guys. Don't sue me. Don't hate me. But that was the only one. I told you guys I was driving home trying to make it on time to watch NXT Deadline. David Kaplan sends in a super chat saying, hello, Denise. 
You look like you're giving Tony Storm a run for her money. You look like a vintage Hollywood star. Bring on the black and white. <laughs> if I knew how to do that here on StreamYard, I would, but I don't think that's an option, so I can't. But uh, yeah, that was kind of the vibe that I was going for, was a little bit of the Hollywood-esque type of vibe. And you know what Tony Storm says, guys. Tits up and watch for the shoe. Anyways, David Capelin, thank you so much for the super chat. We got one here from Crew Kid 52 who says, I was at the show. The place came unglued and each successive pinfall, the cheering got at least two orders of magnitude louder. Also, Dom is a fave. Wow. Okay, the Dom part. Good stuff. Thank you for mentioning that. But dude, so it was funny because when the men's came about and I was watching um, Trick Williams do his thing in the last couple minutes, usually... As I'm watching these shows, I'm writing down like the big moments in this match because obviously I need to come out here and talk about them. And when I was watching the finish for the men's Iron Survivor, I completely forgot that I was working. It was just the thing of like, come on. I went back into like fan mode where like I wasn't just sitting there watching and, you know, typing shit down. No, I was genuinely taken out of uh, of that portion of me and I was watching and experiencing as a fan because it got me that excited it got me that riled up so yeah I can definitely understand how the crowd felt uh exactly the same way and uh crew kid says that he's talking about trick Williams oh yeah for sure I know exactly uh what you meant when you were talking about here uh in regards to trick Williams so thank you so much for also sending that in all right, so let's get to the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge here because this one was definitely interesting. So we had Blair Davenport who won this match. And I had said Blair Davenport was going to win this match. I saw a couple of people on Twitter that were uh, either a little surprised or didn't want Blair to win. I feel like if you've been watching NXT on a weekly basis, I think for the most part, I think people knew uh, who was probably going to win. And it just made the best sense out of like everybody else that we were getting here. But there was a lot that I really enjoyed in this. However, before I get to what I enjoyed, I have the same criticism for both the men's and the women's Iron Survivor. And the only criticism that I have for both of them, that they both did the exact same thing, was the first five minutes of each of these matches. I thought that the first five minutes for the women's and for the man's, men's took too long to like get going. Uh, I thought the start for both of these matches were kind of slow. And so that was really my only big criticism is that I wish that they would have both started off a lot hotter. And I noticed it right away, of course, with the women's match, because we kicked it off with Fallon Henley and Blair Davenport. And the reason why I wanted them to really get this going and get this going hot is because we have a 25 minute clock we know that time here is precious and in order to win the match you have to score the most amount of possible points and the only way to do that is by getting your pinfalls or your submissions right and in order to do that well you gotta beat your opponent you gotta make sure that you can get them uh 
pinned. And so I kind of felt like the start was a little bit too slow. And I'm like, in any other match, sure, whatever. But in this type of match, when you're up against the clock, you got to go right in, especially if you're the first two people, you have this advantage of like getting some points in before you get some more bodies in on the action. So I did want both the men's and the women's to kind of start off just a little bit harder again because of that time crunch. But aside from that, so the women's match, I will say that to me, I thought this match slowly started to pick up once Tiffany Stratton came in, but it really started to pick up, pick up, excuse me, when Kalani Jordan came in and then it shit went off the rails once Lash Legend came in and Lash Legend was the final one to come into this match. So first and foremost, so some of the great moments that we saw here, I'll start off with Kalani Jordan. Because Kalani is the one that she's only had like six months of experience, guys. Like, this girl is a very fast learner. Her gymnastics background is definitely helping her out. She went in there and she had some great moments. There was one where she did like this double drop kick that I thought looked really good. There was one tiny scary moment, but this girl bounced back like it was nothing. Uh, I think I would have died. It was this moment where she hits this moonsault. And I, I think, I, I don't even know. I don't know if she like overshot it or if... Lash Legend was just in, wasn't in the right spot. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it was the spacing. Who the hell knows? But she did this moonsault, and Lash Legend wasn't able to, like, capture her, uh, you know, because she kind of went over her head. She kind of passed her, right? And girl lands her side, like, right in the ribcage area. She lands on the commentary table, and I'm like, oh, my God. In the first watch of that, you're thinking, oh, my God, Kalani Jordan, she's down and out. This is it, right? Like, this is not good. And this girl got up so freaking fast. I rewinded that spot three times because I wanted to see exactly, um, you know, how she landed and stuff like that because the first time it just looked uh it looked kind of brutal for sure that was something that definitely stood out uh to me but other than that like she went in there and she made sure that people knew her name because she got some really great reactions with some of the spots that she went ahead and did so the other person that i want to talk about is lash legend lash legend kind of went from the person that i really wasn't even expecting her to be in this match when she won her qualifier I was shocked I was shocked that she won her qualifier because we hadn't really seen much from Lash Legend and now it's like if a switch has been turned because all of a sudden last week we had excuse me this Tuesday this Tuesday we had this big moment where she body slams Otis and that was like freakish freakishly cool man and so all of a sudden you're looking at her and you're going damn i didn't know she had this in her and then afterwards lash legend goes into this match and she is presented in a way where she is a force to be reckoned with they positioned her in this match to make you look at her and say, wow, she's freaking strong. She's freaking powerful. All of a sudden, I'm sitting here thinking, what is Lash Legend going to look like in six months, in a year? Because just based off of what we've got from this Tuesday and today, 
it's definitely been levels up the volume has definitely been turned up on lash legend and so i do want to give her her kudos on this one because i thought she came out and she showed out for sure i was surprised by how long it took for them to give tiffany stratton a uh a an actual pin here because she only got one pin and for the most part she had been in this match, focusing rather a lot on Fallon Henley. So I want to talk about that portion of it all. We saw Tiffany and Fallon go at it a lot in this match. They were always sort of on each other. At any point of this match, they had their hands on each other. And there was a moment where both of these women were inside the penalty box. And then when it was their time to get out, metaphor came out and blocked the entrance so that they wouldn't be able to come out. So they did this spot at the top of the penalty box. And I, it wasn't clear, like, I, I wish that the, how do I say this? I wish that either the camera wouldn't have caught certain parts because you could see a lot of like preparation and talking through, through some of these things. But again, I'm like, okay, it's developmental. I'll let it slide, whatever. Right. But I wish that we wouldn't have seen some of those things because it did kind of take away a little bit from like the viewer side of things. But I'm like, whatever. Some of these spots were really great, really cool to see. And so there was a moment where Tiffany Stratton shoves Fallon Henley. She shoves her off of the penalty box. She goes right into the commentary table. And then Tiffany Stratton does a pretty damn cool spot. She does a freaking... Uh, like senton uh off of the freaking top of the uh excuse me swanton off of the top of the freaking penalty box and it looked freaking sick now keep in mind that tiffany stratton she also has a gymnastics background and so seeing her kind of execute that was pretty freaking cool and it was one of the uh top moments of this actual matchup here so I thought that was freaking phenomenal and I will say that the last like seven minutes of this match just like really really picked up like there was a lot of really good stuff that we saw here of course we saw Tiffany hit her prettiest moonsault ever. That was great. Kalani had the moment where she hit her 450. That was freaking awesome too. Um, they did a really good job with this match and just making some really cool moments for each of the girls to kind of shine in their own way. So Blair Davenport, she gets the win. Oh boy. So she's going to get a shot against Lyra Valkyra. And she already announced it. This is going to be happening at New Year's Day, January 2nd. This is when this match is going to be happening. And she announces it. Lyra Valkyria comes out. And they have a little bit of a stare down. It doesn't last long, though. Because Cora Jade makes her return to NXT. We have not seen Cora Jade in several months. She's been out. Uh, the last time we actually saw her wrestle on NXT was towards the end of July. So it's been uh, quite some time since we've seen Cora Jade on the roster. But she came back and she's ready to come for the NXT Women's Championship because she attacked Lyra, got her belt, lifted it up, had her moment with the championship belt. And so it looks like she's coming for gold. And so it might not be an easy path for Blair Davenport. Um, I love this. I'm excited. 
Cora Jade says she's going to help level up NXT. I'm here for it. People really like Cora Jade. So I think we're going to get some good stuff. Uh, I cannot wait for a Cora Jade Lyra Valkyra program. Um, I think that one's going to be pretty damn freaking cool. So there's some things to get excited about for the women. We've got some super chats. Let's go. Let's see what we got here. This one is from Jay Hudson. Thank you so much to Jay for this generous super chat. He says, Denise, words can't describe how much of an inspiration you are. Oh, thank you. He says, uh, so many women of color see themselves in you. With Deanna Perrazzo being a free agent, where do you think she signs? I think she is NXT. So, um, actually, I wasn't watching Impact right now, but I did... Uh, my husband was actually watching it, but I was watching, obviously I was watching Deadline. And um, as I was passing by, uh, he was basically telling me like what had happened on the show, right? Just little pieces here and there for a final re re resolution. And he was basically just telling me like, you know, we already know Deanna is pretty much out the door. That's been already reported. And just based off what we saw here tonight, obviously I'm not going to give any spoilers out, but uh, just based off of what we saw, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Deanna Perrazzo is definitely headed someplace else. I don't know if she's headed to WWE. I don't know if she's headed to AEW, but here's the thing. I always say I want some of these women to go to AEW. And the reason I say that is because I really want to see that women's division improve. And I feel like the only way it's going to improve is if we see like more of like these top women coming in so that they get more time and more, uh, you know, more people to play with, right. But I feel like Deanna has just she just has what it takes to be in WWE. And obviously, with that being like the bigger platform, I feel like if we were to see Deanna in WWE, it'd be pretty freaking great, uh, especially because she is a great wrestler, but she's also a different type of wrestler. And I think she could bring in and showcase just like a lot of the technical things that she can do in the ring. She can have any style of match, of course, but I think she can also shine showing some of the technical work that she does. And so personally, I... I'm cool with Deanna going in any direction. Whoever does get her is going to, um, she's going to benefit that roster a whole lot. Uh, I do think she would probably stand out a lot more in AEW just because I don't feel like there's anybody like Deanna Perrazzo in AEW versus in WWE. She's going to have a lot of options, right? But she's going to have to really, really fight for that top spot because right now, you have so many women killing it in WWE right now and so many women that are up and coming. I mean, we're literally sitting here talking about these women in the Iron Survivor Challenge and how people like Kehlani Jordan are literally growing so fast in the sport. And so it does kind of feel like you have to fight a little bit more for your spot. But then again, you could probably say the same thing for AEW because you got to fight for your spot pretty much anywhere. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know where Deanna goes, but I think she's going to kill it wherever she does sides to go. And I think that whatever promoter you are, whoever you are, you should be trying to get Deanna Perrazzo on your roster. That's for sure. Jay Hudson, thank you so much for the super chat. Will Chisholm says, I got to say, I knew Blair was going to win. She hasn't uh, lost in three months. That's the best Lash has looked with her spots. Uh, agreed on both of these things. It was pretty darn clear that Blair Davenport was probably the, the person who was 
most likely to win this match just based off of her performances on NXT. Also, you got Lyra, who's a baby face. You need her to go up against a heel. That's another thing. And I do think that her and Lyra are going to do some good stuff. So Blair was definitely the right person to win this. And yes, I agree. Lash Legend, like I said, she really has. uh, This has been like the best week for her. She's had a good week. Good for her, man. Tiger Claw Gaming, who has been a DWL member, says, do you think Tiffany is main roster bound post WrestleMania? Um, I don't know. I still think there's a lot she can still do and a lot more that she can still grow over on NXT. Cameron Mumford. Uh, Cameron, hey. Uh, Cameron says Blair and Lyra will be good, but Cora stole this one. Uh, she did. And obviously that's going to happen whenever you get a returning uh, superstar of any sort. Whenever you get a return, you're going to get that kind of reaction and the moment is going to feel like, you know, everybody's head turned the other way, right? When Cora Jade came out. So I get what you're saying on that. Will Chisholm says, Lash pinning two women at once was great. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a nice way to really give her, uh, you know, a little something extra in this match. Like I said, here's the thing about NXT. And this is something that I think they're good at. I think they're good at giving their talent something to, how do I say this? Not just hiding people's flaws, but accentuating their strengths. And I think that's important. So if someone's good at something, they tend to focus in on that, harness that. And so that person ends up looking a lot better. Because from what we've seen, we haven't seen too much of Lash Legend in the ring, aside from what we've only recently seen. And prior to that, it seems like she was still sort of limited. And now all of a sudden, because it seems like they're refocusing her the way that they present her in the ring it seems like now they're more focusing in on her power and her strength and so that is getting her over and that is them sort of um you know sharpening her act a little bit and I think that's definitely been the smart way to kind of go about it so um yeah that's one thing that I do think that NXT is good at Will Chisholm, thank you so much for the super chat. Once again, guys, if you want to get your question, your comment, your statement read here on the stream, support the show. That's the way to go about it. But let's press on. And I want to get into Carmelo Hayes versus Lexus King. So this one I thought was a solid start to the match. I felt like um, I thought this was a good match. For the most part, I thought this was a good match. Uh, I don't know if, if it was like could have been a little bit more spicy. But I think it just feels like the beginning versus the end of something. Like, this does not feel the end, like the end of this. And so for that reason, I thought this match was fine. Lexus King trying to get Carmelo Hayes to give him a, uh, to shake his hand. But Carmelo Hayes just like flips him off. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked that. Um, Hayes wins with his, um, with his leg drop, the nothing but net. Good stuff here, man. And afterwards, Lexus King just basically says that he isn't the one who attacked Trick Williams and that he's thankful for the PLE spot. And that was kind of the end of it. And I had said this literally when we were watching NXT and I was doing the post show, I literally said, guys, Lexus King is just butting in on here. He didn't actually do anything. He's just trying to get some attention and it worked. And I still think it was Carmelo Hayes. And I still think that, uh, I don't know, I love this. I thought this worked out okay uh, with Lexus King just kind of playing the role of the bad guy. And he's been doing that just fine. Uh, It kind of sucks that Lexus King lost in his first PLE match. 
But this was a good match, though. I really did think it was a, a perfectly okay match. We got Steven Marchuli here who sends in a super chat saying uh, that Alexis King is a total package. Uh, we'll be able to generate heat on. Yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like he really... Um, Especially even with that promo that he cut afterwards, it was very brief, but like it still made you want to go, damn, I need to punch that guy. Like he's out here just like doing stuff to get under your skin. And so he is a pretty good heel. I, I've been liking what he's doing uh, so far on NXT. Steven, thank you so much for the super chat as well. All righty, let's go. Let's get into the Iron Survivor Challenge for the men. So this was the one, this was the one that I said was the peak moment aside from the CM Punk appearance because they had fun with this one, guys. They had a good amount of fun. Again, that started a little slow, but it definitely picked up as we went through. Before we get into kind of the exciting portions of this match, I want to take a second and shout out Tyler Bate because Tyler Bate was truly exceptional in this match. And I feel if you tune in to any of my NXT shows, anytime Tyler Bate is in the ring, chances are you're going to hear me brag about how good he is. But I truly think that Tyler Bate is a phenomenal wrestler, and I do enjoy seeing him a whole lot. Um, but with that being said, he was a great, he was great in this match. I also want to take a second and shout out Dijak and Josh Briggs because both Dijak and Josh Briggs had some really cool moments with one another. One moment where they even both hit each other with a boot to the face. I thought that was pretty sick and it looked good, especially because both of these guys are kind of similar height. So when they both hit the boot, it was like perfectly uh, aligned to the other person. So I thought that looked pretty great. So what they did here is they literally had all of these guys pretty much score all of these points. At one point, we got Trick Williams. No, we got, um, excuse me, we got Braun Breaker, Tyler Bate, and Dijak, all with like three pins. And at this point, Trick Williams had been pinned like maybe two or three times during this match. And I was looking at this and I was going, damn, I thought Trick Williams was going to win this match. And he's sitting here at zero and there's like, Five minutes left in this match, and I'm, or maybe like five or three minutes, like very, very little time left. And I'm thinking, wow, are they really going to do Trick Williams this dirty? And then he gets one pin. And I'm thinking, hmm, either they're going to do this right now. Like once he got that first pin, I thought, you know what? He's going to get a bunch of wins right now. But then I thought you know what, maybe they're not going to do that because there's only a little bit of time left and it's going to look silly, maybe a little bit unbelievable, right? Like, that's what I was thinking because I wasn't really sure how they were going to go about it. Well, they proved me damn wrong because I don't even know how it happened, guys. So much shit happened. I was so excited. I stopped writing my notes and I was just watching the show, having a great old time. Before we know it, Trick Williams went from zero zero, zero falls to not one, not two, not three, but four freaking falls. And the way that they did it was so fast, so smooth, 
so exciting and best of all believable because that was kind of what I didn't want to see him just get a bunch of falls and for it to feel kind of cheap right they did a really good job of making it feel believable with the flow of the way that everything was moving the way that all of these guys are moving and everything that was happening in the ring that's what made the flow come very nicely so when Trick Williams did end up getting those three additional falls uh it it was like oh my god he freaking did it so instead of like uh oh yeah it's super obvious it was more so of a there he's going he's going he's almost got it dang he's actually got it and so they did a really great job with that um so shout out to you know everybody who decided on how this was gonna go because they really made it seem like at one point trick williams was done i truly thought that i was wrong on my prediction and i was like How the hell did I read this so wrong? How the hell is Trick Williams not winning this? How the hell is he sitting at zero? Well, congratulations. They they completely fooled me. They swerved me. We got the win for Trick Williams, and it was great. And... Man, what can I say? This was a good, this was a really good way to end the match, I thought. And for the most part, like everything else, they had some really good moments. I would say that for the majority, like the body of the match, my pick goes to the women. I thought that the body of the match for the women was a little bit more exciting, but the finish was 1000% the men. Uh, The finish is really what stood out to me the most in this Iron Survivor Challenge. And just the way that they told this story, because even when Braun Breaker came in, Dude came in and got like three falls right away by spearing everybody. And I was like, damn, that's it. Braun Breaker's winning this thing. And so they did a good job at making you think that, hey, Braun Breaker's probably going to sweep this. But once you started to see Dijak and Tyler Bate get some falls in there, I started to think something else is going to happen here. It may not be what we thought it was going to be. And I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that they told that kind of a story uh, for this match. So. Man, thumbs up. Trick Williams. Good job, man. That was good stuff here. But let's get some, uh, we got some super chats in here. So let's read them. This one's from Eric Luis. Thank you so much to Eric who says, just want to support. Uh, Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate that. You have no idea. So thank you very, very much. Uh, A lot of you guys know this channel is completely self-funded by yours truly. So um, thank you very much. YT, who's a DWL member, says, they should put Tyler Bate in the U.S. title tournament. Uh, dude, he'd be freaking sick in the title tournament. I'm still expecting it to be their Axiom or Nathan Frazier. I was even thinking they would have announced it today, but I don't think they did. I was even thinking I might have missed it on the pre-show or something, but I thought it would probably have been smart for them just to announce it today. But who knows? Whatever. It's cool either way. Will Chisholm sends in a super chat saying that finish with Trick was crazy. Just the timing alone. It's canon now. If you interview them, they will win. Not technically not because I interviewed Kaylani Jordan and she didn't even get a, a pinfall in this match. So, so it was funny because at one point I sat there and I was like, damn, the two people that I interviewed are sitting here with zero falls and the match is about to be over. There's only a couple minutes left. And I was thinking like, Man, did I really get both people that scored zero on this? So thankfully I didn't. But uh, either way, both the interviews with Trick Williams and Kalani were really good. Very the, Only 15 minutes because that's all the time they had. But uh, yeah, trying to get a lot in those 15 minutes. And I think we got some good stuff in there. Uh, Will Chisholm, thank you so much for the super chat. All right. So we got to keep it going because we still got 
two more matches to talk about and they happen to be the two matches that i've got some controversial opinions about but before we get to these two matches we have a sponsor that i want to shout out and give some love to guys miracle made has seriously changed the way that i sleep each and every single night they have made my sleep so much better and this is why did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat it can lead to acne allergies and stuffy noses and it's just gross miracle made offers a whole line of self-cleaning eco-friendly bedding such as sheets pillowcases and comforters that prevent 99 percent of bacteria and require three times less laundry through their silver infused fabrics inspired by nasa miracle made is designed to keep you at the perfect temperature so you get better sleep every night miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse friends or family who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one just in time for the holidays. Go to trymiracle.com slash Denise to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. Save over 40% off. And if you use the promo code Denise at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Denise to treat yourself a friend or loved one this holiday season. The link is in the description box below. Alrighty, everyone, and we are back. Once again, guys, if you do support the sponsors, please let me know. Tweet me if you guys do, because uh, it goes a long way. They keep sponsoring depending on my performance. If my performance is good, then they will keep sponsoring. Uh, and if not, then they'll give me the boot. So let's go. Um, anyways, all right. Oh, man, guys. So I feel, man. I always hate, I hate this part of my job when, whenever I'm not crazy about something because it sucks, right? I like to come on here and be like, that rocks. Yeah. Woo. You know, unfortunately the last two matches, I did not feel that way about. So I'm going to have to bunch these two in together. And the first one is the steel cage match with Roxanne Perez and Kiana James. Now that it started off pretty okay. Like we were getting some good action in there I, I like them you know obviously using the cage and that was perfectly fine like it started going good they went to the top of the cage they were wailing on each other we saw Roxanne hit a pop Bronx on Kiana James she unfortunately took long, too long to get the cover so it wasn't able she wasn't able to get the three count um I loved their Devil's Playground match a lot more. I thought that the Devil's Playground match that they had at Halloween Havoc was like the right stipulation at the right time on the right show and all of the dots just connected. And the Steel Cage match unfortunately left a lot to be desired. And this was the point of the show where I felt my energy go down while watching. And I was thinking, okay, just, you know, keep, keep going like things are gonna get really interesting right and I was thinking okay usually when even if there's a match that's maybe not that great at least we'll get a cool finish right like something cool will happen I did not like the finish for this match um so we see Kiana James 
get the door open of the cage, right? She asks the referee, the referee opens the door. She leans down, she gets a chair. And I'm thinking, okay, get a chair. We're going to spice things up. Maybe we'll see one of them hit the other girl for like 40 times or something, right? Something crazy. I don't know what I was expecting. But then after this, we continue to see them do a little bit. But when Roxanne gets to the door, she has the chair at this point. Roxanne has the chair at this point. And she's like by the door and she's about to close it. Instead, we get Izzy Dame who comes out and slams the door on Roxanne Perez's face. And Roxanne ends up um, getting hit in the face with the chair by Kalani. I'm sorry, but not by Kiana James. And Kiana James wins this match. So that was a shitty explanation of this finish because the finish was not good, okay? It was just not good. The thing that I had an issue with here was that just when I thought this match was going to start going somewhere was when I felt that it got cut off. And the Izzy Dame reveal, I feel bad because when she came out, I did not recognize her. And I watched the product every week. And I did not recognize her. I honestly, for a split second, was like, who is that? It, it took me a second. And I was like, what's Maxine doing here? And I'm like, that's not Maxine. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like, that was my initial reactions to this. And so... I did not think that the reveal of Izzy Dame coming in and costing this match for Roxanne Perez was that great. I just didn't think it was that great. I wish that they would have let the girls cook a little bit more inside that steel cage. I wish they would have really let them uh, get rough with each other. And I personally feel that it just would have been better. We got Caden Crawford here who said the same thing. He's like, I thought it was Tiffany. YT also said he thought it was Tiffany. You see what I mean? Like, <laughs> so Izzy, um, for those of you who don't know, myself included, because I had to go and double check. I was like, I'm pretty sure she was in the NXT break women's breakout tournament this year. So I had to go and double check. She was. She lost the first round match to Kalani Jordan. So she's done that before. And that's kind of it. Like she's been doing house shows and things like that. So unfortunately, I feel like in a match like this, if you have somebody come in like that, I feel like it has to be somebody that people are going to be like, oh, snap. For example, if it would have been Cora Jade, if it would have been Cora and she would have done the exact same thing, I still didn't think the finish would have been that great. But um, if it would have been Cora, at least there would have been a reaction because people know Cora. J Cora. But with Izzy, it was just the thing of like, oh, okay, thumbs up. So unfortunately, I was not too crazy about this match. I felt like just when it was about to go into a different gear, I thought that that's when they ended up getting right to the finish and just the finish didn't just didn't feel it didn't feel right to this match. It did not feel right. So for that reason, um, I wasn't too crazy about the steel cage match. And so that was a little unfortunate because I was really looking forward to it. And I've really been loving what they've done with Roxanne Perez and Kiana James. I really have. Um, but this one just wasn't it for me. Um, 
to be honest. Katie Crawford says, totally, this should have been a last man standing match. And we do a third match, which we should not be doing to the last man standing. Roxanne wins and ends this feud. So Roxanne won the Devil's Playground match. And Kiana James won this Steel Cage match. If they do another match, yeah, you can obviously tell the story of Roxanne getting her win. Because she's the babyface in this. And so... Man, what can I say? I just thought it was going to play out a little bit differently. So unfortunately, this one just did not go over the way that uh, I thought it was. Shame because I love both of these competitors and I love the story that they've been telling with them. But yeah, this just wasn't it. Now, we got more people in here, by the way, that thought it was Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> okay, so... We got a couple of super chats. Let me read the super chats that we got here. This one here is from Jay Hudson, who says, Denise, when my daughter was really sick, I saw her looking up on her laptop saying, uh, Denise inspires me. Uh, she's cancer-free now. And uh, man, first of all, I'm happy to hear that your daughter is cancer-free. Because uh, that's no, it's terrifying. I don't even want to think about what you and your family had to go through with that. But I'm really happy about that. And Hell, man, if I can just pop in for like a second and just be like a cool random person on the internet, that makes me very happy. So, Jay Hudson, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, I seriously appreciate that. Thank you very much. Christopher Marino says, where's Tiffany? She's still in the shower from her match. Quick from a blonde, hey, you over there. Who, me? Yes, go do a run-in in the cage match. Maybe people will think it's Tiffany. <laughs> I can't believe how many people thought it was Tiffany Stratton. I, I thought it was Maxine. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. My brain didn't go to Tiffany Stratton because I recognized Tiffany right away. I thought it was Maxine because I think Izzy came out with a ponytail, if I remember correctly. And Maxine wears ponytails too. So that's why I thought it was Maxine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Christopher, thank you for the super chat, man. So now we got to get to the main event. Earlier on the show, I mentioned that I woke up at 5 in the morning. This match reminded me that I woke up at five in the morning. Read between the lines, please. I was not in love with this match. I thought that we had, God, I don't know, like what felt like maybe 20, 25 minutes of just Baron Corbin on offense. I like some of the work that they did on the outside. Thought that was fun. Corbin slamming him into the commentary table. But then after that, everything was just Baron Corbin dominating Ilya Dragunov. And it was the entire chunk of this match, man. It was the entire chunk of this match. And I just felt like it was too much. And I was very excited when it was finally going to come to an end because when he hit when Ilya hit those three H bombs and then decided to like hug him and whisper something in his ear. I'm going, okay, cool. Like that makes a little bit of sense because we've been seeing him do that. Cool. He literally killed Nathan Frazier with three H bombs, by the way. And the whole hugging thing and whispering the whole, uh, the only thing that the dragon can slay is the dragon himself. He's been saying that a whole lot. And so I thought, okay, that's fine. And then he hits the torpedo mask Moscow and he gets the win. I was like, Woo! Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I love the ending. That was it. Uh, I just think that this was too much of Baron Corbin on offense. 
And when you sit here and you've watched Ilya Dragunov's matches with Carmelo Hayes, who we've seen him wrestle now three times, those matches were great because there was so much back and forth. It was a ping pong thing. You know, they were just going back and forth the entire time. And this was too much of Ilya Dragunov just taking a beating. And so that just wasn't the match for me. Um, so this may have been somebody else's match. It just was not mine. Um, when Ilya Dragunov won, I was like, yay, let's go. And Trick Williams comes out. He confronts Ilya Dragunov. And I don't know if you guys read too much into this, but I kind of read into this. Carmelo Hayes coming out with Trick Williams and coming out behind him when Trick Williams was confronting Ilya. I don't know if he did that because maybe he also wants to come for Elia or if he's doing that to support his friend. I'm not entirely too sure why he did it, but I tend to read into those things and I'm reading into that one uh, quite a bit. So uh, there you go, man. That was that. Tiger Claw Gaming says, Denise, I told you, Baron's no good. Tiger Claw, it was funny because as I was sitting there watching the main event, I thought about the comment that you had sent on Tuesday's show. And I was like, damn, I just had read that comment on Tuesday and I had defended it. And now I'm sitting here and I'm just like, let's let's move on. I'm ready. I'm ready to wrap this up. Let's get to the finish. And so uh, that sucks, right? You don't want stuff like that, especially because it's your main event. I'm sure some other people liked it. It just wasn't for me, guys. And I was very tired uh, while watching it. So that's like the worst. It's the worst. Uh, we got Killer of Demon who says they thought the match was decent. All right, cool. That's fine. Uh, Tony says that overall he thought the show was 4.5 out of 5 stars. I would say the show, um, I would probably say 4 out of 5 only because the last two matches were not that great, but everything else was really cool. Uh, I really wish, actually, that the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge, I mean, I would say that I wish that it was the main event, but then it was cool to have that moment with Trick Williams staring down Ilya Dragunov after he had won the title. So I guess I'm not going to say I wish it was the main event because I did like that ending, though, with Trick Williams coming out and staring down Ilya Dragunov and obviously letting him know that he's coming for him. But because that moment with Trick Williams winning was so very cool, that was the only reason, but eh, it's fine the way they did it. Sheldon Jackson says the men's Iron Survivor match should have main event a deadline tonight. This is the second year in a row where an Iron Survivor match should have closed. Yeah, uh, because last year it was Braun Breaker and Apollo, if I remember correctly. Right? I think so. Um, and, and I think I remember enjoying that match. Yeah, I think I remember enjoying that match. But Again, I get what you're saying. I was thinking the same too for a second, but only for the sole purpose of having that stare down at the end. I'm going to say it's fine the way they did it, but I think it would have also been really cool if they had uh, the men's Iron Survivor match close out the show as well. So yeah, I also agree with that. Uh, Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously appreciate that so freaking much. Alrighty, everybody. PH sex says Denise wasn't too tired to do this stream. Bro, I'm not kidding you. At the main event, I was like, damn, I'm going to fall asleep on my own post show. You guys are going to come in and I'm going to be like, hey, yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the show. You know? 
Oh man. Either way, guys, I had a good time. Women's Sur Iron Survivor, men's Iron Survivor, getting to see CM Punk and Shawn Michaels, getting to see a brand new NXT North American champion. Uh, all of that was good stuff, and I enjoyed myself. Uh, that's it for today, everybody. I will be back next week to talk about NXT on Tuesday, which is going to be the fallout from what we saw here today. And then again, I will be back on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite conversation with Righteous Reg. And then Friday for SmackDown. And then next week, I will be back for AEW Collision conversation as well. So uh, kind of a shift in schedules. This is what happens when we have pay-per-views. But other than that, I want to thank you guys so much. If this was the first time you ever watching one of my shows, please, Come in, subscribe, join the channel. And if you haven't already, if you're new or you've been here for quite a bit, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, guys. Leave a review. It really helps out my podcast a whole lot. Uh, helps it rank higher, helps people find it more, helps get uh, more sponsorships and stuff. So it really just helps a whole lot. The links are in the description box below. And also, if you enjoyed the show, tweet me. I'm always seeing that stuff. Cameron, Cameron, if you're out there, uh, thank you so much for all of the support and constantly tweeting out the show. I appreciate you a whole lot. You already know that. But thank you to everybody. And I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. And I will catch you all on the next one. Bye, everyone. Take care.